I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find the show at Championship Pod on Twitter. I'm Louis Shackshaft, football writer, blogger and podcast host for you today. Hi, I'm James Vickers. You can reach me on my Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers, where I write mainly about Preston North End and also a bit of German football as well. Great to have you with us again, James. Uh, it seems crazy because obviously uh, it's been the international break and it feels just so long ago since we spoke. Um, but we're back at it again. Um, how's things? All right. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, enjoyed the international break, but my uh, hotel already for Portugal for the Nations League semi-finals and finals. So I know it's a way off, but I'm looking forward to that already. So it somewhat sort of numb me the pain of not having any championship football for a few weeks. Uh, but yeah, glad to be back now and uh, celebrating another Preston win. Yeah, I like your style there, mate. No messing about. Uh, but let's keep it championship orientated. So let's do results roundup. So we have to go all the way back to Friday night where West Brom got a 2-1 victory away at Ipswich. Uh, into Saturday, 12.30 kickoff, uh, Sheffield United and Rotherham drew 2-2 at Rotherham. Um, staying in South Yorkshire, Sheffield Wednesday lost 2-1 to Derby. Um, score draw again, Stoke at home to QPR 2-2. Uh, another huge win for Norwich there. 4-1 victors away at Swansea City. Um, 0-0 draw between Wigan and Reading. Uh, Leeds um, winning against Bristol City 2-0. Millwall and Bolton, a 1-1 draw. Uh, big win for Preston. Eight games unbeaten now, I believe. 4-1 against Blackburn. Um, short trip for Nottingham Forest away to Hull, but 2-0 winners there. Uh, last game on the Saturday that we touch on there is Brentford and Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough coming out 2-1 winners. And then into the Sunday, the Midlands derby, the big game, uh, Aston Villa running out 4-2 winners. Um, are there any big wins or surprises of the week for you there, James? Any game in particular? I think the early one on the Saturday was one that stuck out for me. Um, I know we'll get on to Rotherham a bit more a bit later on in the show, but especially when Sheffield United got that second goal so um, so late on, I think it was after 85 minutes, if I remember correctly, for a team that have sort of struggled in parts this season and for a team like Sheffield United, who, you know, are absolutely flying, I thought Rotherham there looked dead and buried, but, you know, mm. showed a bit of resilience, got the goal from a former Preston man, Jamie Proctor, more or less with the last kick of the game in the 92nd minute. So for them to, to bounce back twice against Sheffield United, um, one of the hardest opposition in the league to play this season, I was very impressed by them. And I think, obviously we'll touch on it later, but I think if they can keep playing the way they did there, you know, granted it was a derby game and teams seem to raise it for a derby game, I think they should be all right. The other game, and completely biased for me, uh, but I don't get to talk about Preston in a, a positive light too much this season on the podcast, uh, so I'm going to touch on them. 4-1 in another derby game against Blackburn. Uh, Blackburn, you know, a relatively good start to the season for their first year back up. Um, I think they were about 10th, 11th before the games were played on Saturday, so 
to beat them in the manner which we did 4-1, you know, we were 2-0 up after 10 minutes and lost another forward player in the international break, Sean Maguire, to score four goals, four different goal scorers. It shows that the team's really starting to recapture that form now from last season and with, as I said, four players chipping in with the goals, it's, you know, great that they're able to share the goals around when we are losing sort of attacking players on a weekly basis at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you're exactly right there. It's good, like you say, that they're all chipping in and that's what any team would want in this division, scoring from all positions on the field there. Um, I believe Barkhausen has scored four goals in four at home now. And, and am I right in saying that he's eight, eight games unbeaten now for Preston James, yeah? Yeah, eight games unbeaten. And what we're doing now, the last two games especially, you know, away at Bristol and then at home at Blackburn, we were six unbeaten going into them and... I think four of them were draws, which, you know, we say countless times on this podcast uh, that, you you know, you need to be winning your games really in the championship. And while we were six unbeaten, we were still, you know, only a couple of places outside the relegation zone. And, you know, while it's great to be six unbeaten, we weren't really pulling clear. But those last two wins in the last two games, you know, have been massive for us to to start to pull away now from the sort of the bottom of the league, you know, is, is great for us. The real test now is going to be over these next couple of games. We've got some difficult sort of games coming up. We've got Middlesbrough tomorrow night as we're recording this and then Birmingham and Forest away in consecutive away games with the majority of our sort of attacking lineup now, apart from Barkeys and as you mentioned, and Lucas Nemecha out injured, it's going to be, you know, vital that the team sticks together and digs deep and, you know, if we can pick up maybe four points from these next three games and then start to get players back around Christmas, I think, you know, we should be fine. But I think really for us now, it's about trying to keep people fit and, and you know, not to get sort of too downbeat with the injuries and, and try and carry on this run that we're on. Yeah, definitely. It seems crazy, actually, that Preston are game, eight games unbeaten and they still only sit 16th. I know I know. we talk about the league being very tight and a couple of wins will see them right up there to the top half of the table. Uh, but another couple of games, I know you've mentioned a few there, uh, but I'm going to pick out one, which is Norwich's uh, 4-1 victory away at Swansea, obviously. Uh, I know a few people will have probably tipped Norwich, but again, to win in that manner, uh, four goals away from home again. And they scored four goals away to Sheffield Wednesday previously before the international break. And I believe that's the first time that Norwich have scored four goals consecutively away from home since 1932. Uh, I believe that's a stat I read or heard um, quite recently. Um, and obviously Pucky on the score, score sheet again um, just continues to score week in, week out. And then finally on the Sunday, a, a great game there uh, in the derby between Aston Villa and Birmingham. Um, I think on the previous show, obviously, we, I tipped Villa to win that game, but there was more goals than I expected. Um, and I can't not mention, obviously, the Alan Hutton goal, which uh, he took all, well, from, from beyond the halfway line all the way, obviously, into Birmingham's uh, and finished it in a tidy fashion. Uh, so that is definitely one of the goals of the season. I still don't think that it's uh, going to be John McGinn's, but uh, obviously Villa have definitely got a few contenders there this season with some fantastic goals. Uh, another thing that I'd like to mention about that game, though, obviously Birmingham did find themselves 1-0 up and, uh, you know, did put in a decent performance. It was just, you know, on, on their part that Adam, Adams hit the woodwork um, after about half an hour. They could have found themselves 2-0 up and what a different game that may have been. Um but they're the, they're the standout wins for me, obviously. Norwich, uh, Villa 
um, Preston, and I know you touched upon uh, Rotherham getting a decent point there. But if we move on to standout player of the week and why, James, is there any particular players that stand out for you? Yeah, there's two sort of really in particular for me. I think first I'm going to you know stay on my, my Preston bias and pick out Alan Brown. I mentioned, you know, earlier on, it's good that players are chipping in with goals and that's five consecutive home games I've been to now where Alan Brown has scored from midfield. So I think I need to get a season ticket in the second half again and, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll we'll start to flat the table. But I think him and Pearson for us in midfield on, on Saturday were absolutely fantastic. Bradley Dak, who we've talked about countless times this season on the podcast, you know, has been one of the best midfielders in the league, was absolutely nowhere to be seen. Pearson did a fantastic job on him as the defensive sort of minded of the midfielders and Alan Brown, two assists and a goal in a derby game. You know, you're going to sort of have to look harder to find a performance of the weekend past that. Absolutely unplayable at times. And over the last sort of 18 months, he's really kicked on and, and become one of our sort of most important players, which for a player about two years ago who was struggling to make the match day squads it's you know a, an amazing turnaround and to think we signed him for about 30,000 uh, about five or six years ago now you know seems like an absolute bargain so definitely Alan Brown from a Preston point of view the other player that stood out for me um would be Rangel for QPR QPR have been on a, a little bit of a roll recently you know they they find themselves in ninth I think uh, about a month or so ago they were you know down near the foot of the table so it's been a mm-hmm. great turnaround from them when we played them on the opening game of the season, I, I thought they would be one of the teams that really struggled this year. They looked to have nothing going forwards, but, you know, credit to them, they've picked up. They've gone to Stoke, who, you know, are starting to pick up a few more points now after a rocky start to the season. So to go there and, you know, take the lead first and foremost, and then to rally and get an equaliser after finding themselves 2-1 down, both goals scored by Rangel is, is great for them. And I think I'm right in saying it's his first two goals for the club as well. And, you know, what a time and place to get them. So they've been my two standout players of the weekend. Yeah, you've definitely taken two players off my list there. And, you know, I, I had Alan Brown as my number one this week. Yes, uh, for me, it's him as well. Obviously, one goal and two assists in that game. Um, but yes, remembering Rangel for QPR, but just a, another few players that stood out this week. Uh, Yarkola in goal for Reading, obviously with a clean sheet and up against it quite a bit um, away at Wigan there. Had a decent game. Uh, I know I've touched upon Alan Hutton, obviously with his wonder goal, but he had a, a steady game as well as Tammy Abraham for Aston Villa this weekend. Uh, so I think they both did really well. And then I know he's having a decent season, uh, but Joe Lolly again, a cracking goal. Uh, for Forest away at Hull, which cemented their victory. So just another few players to mention there. Um, I know we kind of touched on Rotherham earlier and, and, the, and the draw that they got against Sheffield United. Uh, but I want to ask you, James, uh, will the spirit and togetherness of Rotherham keep them from the drop this season? Um, I know, like we say, we've, we've mentioned the Sheffield United game, but obviously there's, there's more to it than that. They've, they've, I think, gone six games unbeaten now, albeit five draws in the last six but does that obviously so show some determination and some willing that they may stay up in this league this season what's your thoughts on that yeah I completely agree I think last time they were in the division you know they especially when we played and they were in games but never really seemed to sort of grind out points so as you mentioned you know the the draws and picking up eight points from their last six I think they sit 11th in the form guide out of the last six mm. sort of looking at it at the moment you know solid from them 
I think they've learned the lessons of, of last time they were up and you know I think there are worse teams than them in the league this year so looking down the table you know unless uh, you know an Ipswich or someone does put a run together which uh, I really can't see happening at the moment um, you know obviously new manager in at the moment so you know most teams sent off that honeymoon period so you know they could pick up a few points but I think looking at Rotherham especially on Saturday because I was watching it in the pub before the Preston game they seem as you said a lot more resilient this year you know they've got some some good players at this level and you know people like Ryan Manning um, are vital for them yeah four goals I think in 12 games this season so goal scoring midfielder which they didn't have last time and you know, for them to, to stay in games and, and grind out these results, as you mentioned, I think is going to be vitally important for them. And I think if they can continue that, pick up a few wins here and there as well, which they seem to be doing now, I think they should be fine. Yeah, I think Paul Warren's doing a fantastic job there. Um, and to say Rotherham at any point in this season would go six games unbeaten is uh, a fantastic achievement. I never thought I'd say that at the beginning of the season. And they've come up against some tough teams as well. Um, so to grind out draws, and I know they've got a win in the last six as well, they're doing really well and obviously finding that determination to come back twice like they did against Sheffield United. Um, so, yeah, all credit to them. Um, I think that they're doing fantastically well. The only thing that I have a doubt about as the season progresses and it comes to Christmas and beyond that, whether Rotherham can sustain grinding out draws and, and the the odd win here and there. And if I'm completely honest, I probably still expect them to be near the foot of the table. But if they do scrape it and, and finish 21st this season, then they would have had a fantastic season by all means. Uh, but let's turn our attention, James, to the top of the table. Um, now, if you look at the top six, obviously we've got Norwich, Middlesbrough, Leeds, West Brom, Sheffield United, Derby, all in that order. Do you expect the top, top six to sustain their position until the end of the league, league campaign? Not necessarily in that order, whether it's automatics or playoffs, or, or do you see any other couple of, you know, another couple of teams pushing to, to scrape in there? Or, or do you literally think that it could be that six what do finish in the top six come the end of the season? I think sort of looking down it, the two definitely that I think will be there in the top six, and I expect them to be in probably the top three looking at it, West Brom and Middlesbrough. I think squad-wise and depth-wise, they've got you know, the two best squads in the division at the moment. You could make a case for maybe a Derby or an Aston Villa, but I think definitely Middlesbrough and West Brom will be, will be there. You know, big teams that you know should be in the Premier League, uh, realistically. West Brom especially, I expect mm. them to over the next couple of weeks shoot up the table you know Dwight Gale Jay Rodriguez are absolutely on fire for them um, so I think definitely West Brom and Middlesbrough will be top three come the turn of the year I think Leeds seem to be having a better season this year under Bielsa you know I've said a few times on the podcast this season it seems to be the same old story with Leeds most years they get to a round now they have a little wobble around Christmas and then quite quickly chop the manager after Christmas and, you know, tend to fall off to a sort of a mid-table finish. But I think under Bielsa, he seems to have steadied the ship. You know, the fans love him. They're playing good football. And I think three defeats is, I think it's the, the second or third joint least in the division this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're a hard team to be picking up points. I, I expect this year will be different for them. And I think that they will finish in the top six. The two 
really that I wouldn't say I'm worried about because I think they're doing fantastically well and they've got great squads is Sheffield United, you know, they're still there or thereabouts. They've still got a relatively, I don't want to say inexperienced squad for the championship because that would be wrong, but I think compared to the other teams in the top six, I think they are probably the least favoured team, even though they are playing some great football. So I think they'd be the only potential team that, you know, may slip outside. And you look at the chasing pack, you you know, you've got your likes of Nottingham Forest and Villa. Swansea are starting to climb up a bit now. And, and you know, there's going to be other teams sort of knocking on the door as well. So I think yeah. Sheffield United may be the only side. But, you know, we saw last season sort of how close they came. And I think compared to last season, they are a better side. So, you know, I reckon they could stay in there. Norwich... Even though I tipped them at the start of the season, I think there's going to come a point for them where there is, you know, that real test. You know, they're playing fantastically well at the moment. But I think over the course of the next sort of two or three months, I think they will go through, you know, a rocky patch that most teams tend to go through in this division. You know, I think they're at the moment the only team into double figures for wins, you know, playing fantastically well. But the real test for them will be, you know, when they pick up a couple of draws and defeats in sort of a close Mm -hmm. run of games. So until that happens, you know, we can only sort of go off what we see. I think they're playing fantastically well. Moritz Leitner in midfield for them, absolutely fantastic. Pukki up front, you know, has taken to this league so quickly where I thought it'd take him a, a season or two to properly settle. So if they can keep those fit and playing well, you know, there's no reason why they can't. But I think the two for me potentially that may drop out um, or may maybe not drop out, but finish in the lower half of that six would be Sheffield United and Norwich. Okay, that surprises me. I, I didn't think you would have had uh, Norwich potentially finishing fifth or sixth, even though you know a, a playoff spot would be good for them. Um, I agree with Sheffield United, and I'm going to mention Derby as well. I'm I'm still not convinced by Derby, even though sometimes they play some fantastic football. Um, they're still a little bit inconsistent, and and obviously they've got that big question mark over them at the minute regarding the clean sheet. They haven't kept a clean sheet in a long while now so they seem to be winning games and then losing the odd one albeit they have got a decent run of form but there's still that question mark like I say for me over Derby I certainly think that Middlesbrough, Leeds, West Brom and Norwich are the strongest four in this division I do expect those four to finish top four if that makes sense Um, but then for me like I say Sheffield United I understand completely what you said there, James, so I'm, I, I'm not going to touch upon that again regarding Sheffield United. I think that they could slightly drop off as, as the season progresses. Whether they finish out the top six, I'm not sure. Same with Derby. And I just certainly expect Nottingham Forest and Aston Villa now to, to push all those teams in the top six. I, I expect, let's say, the top eight to finish roughly where they are at the minute. It's just obviously... I'm unsure as anyone else would be in in what order that would be. Um, But one thing I'd like to mention as well, actually, uh, James, is we all tipped at the beginning of the season, or or the majority of us, um, tipped Stoke City. What's what's your thoughts on them now? Because obviously they have gone five games unbeaten, albeit drawing four of those. They are slowly creeping up the table, but do you think it's out of the question now that they can push for top six? I don't think it's out of the question. I think, you know, each year there seems to be a team that comes out of nowhere towards the end of the season and, and makes a run for the playoffs. So I think definitely with them this season, you know, they've got that strength in depth and, and player quality to, 
to you know really make that push. I think the two question marks for me were Stoke, but you know recently they seem to have have sorted it out. I think first of all at the start of the season playing Fletcher and Joe Allen in midfield together, you know, two players towards the back end of their career. I think part of the reason they struggled was the championship. I don't think people give it enough credit for, you know, how fast-paced and and physical it is. And I think over the first couple of weeks, I think those players in particular, especially when we played them at Deepdale, really looked to struggle. I think they came down expecting it to be, you know, a nice sort of comfortable season and, and to bounce straight back up. But, you know, over recent weeks and since the end of the transfer window, they've brought in, you know, Ryan Woods and, and Sam Klukas, who've really sort of started to gel now in that midfield and, you know, filled in. I think the yeah. second question mark for me as well with them is, as you mentioned, those draws. You know, they've got Berahino up front, who I think has only scored two goals in the league this season. And, you know, for a team like Stoke, who would want to bounce back, you look at the quality that they've got on the bench. Um, you know, Bojan only scored one goal in the league this season. Peter Crouch, I think, has only got one or two. For yeah. for those calibre of players not to be scoring, you know, at this stage of the season, you look at the likes of Birmingham, for example, with Che Adams and, and Jukovic, who are both, I think, into double figures now in the league you'd expect at least one of them for Stoke to be, you know, in double figures. And you look at the likes of Tom Ince as well, and they've brought in only three goals, which, you know, for him isn't a great return. So I think, this, yeah, that question mark again for me, probably the biggest one at the moment is turning those draws into wins. You know, I look at the two goals he conceded against QPR, and with a defence like they have, you know, in this division, they shouldn't be conceding two goals at home to QPR. And that's not a knock on QPR at all. It's it's more down to Stoke. You know, they've they've kept all the Butland, they've got Shawcross, you know, Ashley Williams, real quality defenders. And especially at this level, you know, I think there needs to be more questions asked of the team of a whole, as a whole. So I think if they can sort out those few sort of niggling sort of errors and little bits and pieces, there's no reason why they can't push for the playoffs. But I think at the moment, uh, especially over the next couple of weeks, they need to focus on turning those draws into wins. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, like you say, sooner rather than later, Stoke do need to start winning games. And, and let's say from the beginning of December right into obviously the new year, they, they need to be getting three or four victories on their on their hands there where they can climb the table uh, because exactly like you say, they've got a minus one goal difference. They've scored 21 goals this league term, conceded 22. So they're certainly conceding as many as they're scoring. And obviously that's their downfall. Um, it's it's just like we said at the beginning of the season, it is strange that they've obviously not to, to this uh, league like a duck to water it's it does take time and i think you know slowly but surely they they will get there but i just think that it maybe is getting to that stage of the season where it is unlikely that they would probably be able to push for a top 6 position but if they are going to do it, it it needs to begin right now uh, but let's move on topics james um so let's let's touch on touch on something that I know concerns you and your team actually. So does the vigorous league campaign lead to When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Like an influx in soft tissue injuries amongst younger players in this league. Is, is it something that I know, obviously, you're concerned at Preston, but what, what's your thoughts around that subject, mate? I think definitely for Preston, and it's one that quite a few Preston uh, fans have been talking about recently, I think for a side like us who has such a young squad, to send them off on international duty, you know, sort of every other month, it seems like at the moment, we've had three players now come back from Republic of Ireland duty with injuries. Robinson, uh, hamstring, he's out for three months. Maguire's out for two months, again, with Republic of Ireland. Alan Brown has been carrying a shoulder sort of strain that he's picked up on international duty as well. And I think, you know, looking at it from a Preston point of view, and it'd be interesting to see sort of if other clubs share the same opinion or if it's just down to bad luck from Preston. I think there needs to be, and we were talking and I don't know how you'd go about doing it, you know, some point in the season where there's a bit more of a, a relaxed schedule. Uh, for example, you know, the Championship compared to the Premier League, there's, yeah. you know, a lot more games. There's nearly a, sort of an extra 10 games that they play and you've got these players in, in sort of extra competitions in the earlier rounds. So, you know, you look at a season for a Championship side compared to, say, a lower half Premier League side and you could end up playing an extra sort of 15 or so games. And I think over sort of the course of the season that does take its toll um but yeah i think really it's a case of of, of a preston problem at the moment which you know as we're starting to put this run together it's bitterly disappointing that each week we seem to be losing another key player for us and it's going to get to the point where we are sort of fielding you know sort of mainly a a starting 11 of, of reserve players but i'd be interested obviously from a sheffield wednesday point of view is that something that concerns you in this league or is is it me just focusing it, a bit too much on Preston no it's not you focusing and I'm sure you could you know go club by club and, and I'll look at it from a Sheffield Wednesday perspective now I know the initial question I touched upon was obviously younger players but in in, in Sheffield Wednesday it applies to all our players to be honest if you're probably aware but in this last two years Sheffield Wednesday have had probably one of the worst injury records that I've ever known it's it's crazy I mean you only have to look at the players what are currently out injured now like your your Gary Hoopers your Sam Winnells your Kieran Lees um you know the list is endless and they're all t- top players as well and I'm sure you can like say go go to club by club and and name a, a lot of players that are injured and have been sidelined for a long time and it will have its you know, detriments on younger players as well, because like we say, it is a very, very vigorous league campaign. And I, I completely agree with you when you say, obviously, the championship, you're probably playing about 10, 11 more games per season than you are if you're an average uh, Premier League team, If you know, if, if you're not in Europe, etc. And, and that will obviously take its toll on the younger players. But 
you know, I think it takes its toll on the older players as well. And, you know, I know there's there's obviously talk of having a, a, a break at Christmas, but it's only, you know, a, a two week break as such. And I, I really don't I really don't know the answer to it. The, the only way around it would be obviously re- reducing the amount of teams or games that you do play in the league. But, you know, that's that's just simply not going to happen unless there's a completely new format. So, yes, I think it applies to all teams. And if we had fans on from each club, they would probably say exactly the same. But at the same time, you've you've got to make do with your players. And, and that's probably, you know, people would argue that's what your youth academy's for and the under-23 set-up. And obviously, it benefits you to have a better academy set-up and, and these younger players coming through. And the more of, of them that you have got, then obviously it's, it's more beneficial to you um, to rotate players in... in in these circumstances like injuries. Um, but if we move on to previews and predictions, James, uh, obviously we've picked out three key fixtures again for uh, next weekend's games. Obviously we'll miss the midweek ones due to um, wanting to stay current with this podcast. It's difficult to keep up, obviously, when there's midweek games playing as we record at that point. Uh, but the first game on Saturday is another South Yorkshire derby, which is Sheffield United versus Leeds. What's your preview and prediction for that game, James? I think definitely potential to be game of the weekend, this one. You know, Sheffield United and Leeds both in the top five at the moment. You know, Sheffield United at home seem to be an absolute force to be reckoned with. I think looking down the league table, it's the place that I'm you know, least look forward to go into at the moment uh, with Preston. And that's probably down to our bad luck there. Uh, Granted, we did win 1-0 there last season at the end of the season. Um, Yeah, I think from a a neutral point of view, it'll be a fascinating game. I expect there to be lots of goals in it. Um, The same as the the second City derby against Villa and and Birmingham that we tipped, you know, to be quite a high-scoring affair. And I think, you know, I think there turned out to be six goals in that game, I think. While we may not see six goals, I do think that, you know, it'll be probably sort of a tight game. I think both teams will be going for it. You know, you look at Sheffield United over the last couple of games, two draws and, and a defeat, uh, sort of looking at their recent form. So for them being the home side, I think definitely would want to get back to winning ways. But, you know, Leeds, we've seen it time and time again under Bielsa this season. You know, a hard team to beat, only lost three yeah. games out of 18. So... I think it will be a tight game, but I think there'll be goals in it. So if I was to go for a score prediction, I think Sheffield United might nick it 2-1. OK, so I'm going to com- uh, completely say the opposite to what you've said there. I'm going to go with a Leeds United victory 2-1. to um, However, like you've just said, on paper, it looks like it could potentially be game of the day, but I wouldn't be surprised also if this game was nil-nil. You know, um, it could simply be one of those games where they both uh, counteract each other. Let's say, but you like I say, if I was putting money on it, I would go two-one to Leeds, just to the simple fact that, like you said, their Leeds have only lost three games all season and obviously are tough to beat. I think that Leeds have, you know, probably gonna find just a decent run of form again. Um, at the right time before Christmas and obviously Ruth scoring goals again. So I'll stick with that prediction. Uh, going into one of the three o'clock kickoffs, another key fixture is Derby County versus Swansea City, James. Uh, what's your preview and prediction for this? This one was sort of out of the, the three that we'll cover. I think for me, the hardest to, to predict 
you know, we mentioned earlier Derby being really inconsistent so far, and obviously, I can't remember the, the figure that you said, but not kept a clean sheet in a while. So I think definitely in this one, both teams had score. If I was to put a bet on, I'd, I'd go for both teams to score in this. Derby, for me, if they play like they did against Man United, for example, should mm. win this game. But, you know, it's, it's so difficult with Derby this season and, and over the last couple of years, really, with their consistency. You know, they always seem to be in and around the playoffs, but it's that inconsistency which ultimately sees them fall short. I'm going to trust my instinct and say that Derby will win this game, but I do think that there'll be goals in it for both sides. I think maybe another 2-1 uh, to keep it consistent with my sort of predictions. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say 2-1. But, you know, it depends which Derby turn up. Um, it could easily be, you know, a 2-0 Swansea. Yeah, I get that completely. Um, I'm going to predict a 2-0 victory to Derby. And, and that is solely just because of the home advantage. I don't think there's much between both of these sides. Obviously, there's there's five points apart in the league between the teams. Um, obviously Derby in 6th, Swansea in 10th but like I say, the home advantage I think Derby may edge it and yes, like I say, I'll predict 2-0 uh, I know you said there that was probably your toughest game to predict but for me it was the next fixture which we're going to touch upon which is the 5.30 kickoff on Saturday between Middlesbrough, who are second and Aston Villa, who are currently sat in 8th What's your preview and prediction for that game, James? I think for Villa, definitely, you know, to build on the, the win that they had um, against Birmingham is, is vital. Middlesbrough, you know, really tough place to go. Jordan Hugill, you know, now is starting to score for them. Quality team and, you know, as I said earlier, one of the, probably in my opinion, the, the top two, maybe three squads in the division. You know, you look at the strength and depth they've got. You know, Clayton and House in the midfield, Downing as, as your playmaker, Danny Bath and Flynn, you know, centre-backs. They're just solid throughout the sort of the spine of their team. And then, you know, to bring on players like George Savile off the bench and, and Asamba Longa, who didn't even get on against Brentford, um, you know, fantastic for them. I think this one, Middlesbrough, you know, have been on a bit of a roll third in the league we play them tomorrow night and, and with our sort of injury problems I know we are uh, second in the league sorry with our injury problems I think this could be the game where we you know lose that unbeaten run that we're on so I think Middlesbrough will be going into the game full of confidence against Aston Villa and mm-hmm. you know a Tony Pulis side on TV is always going to be hard to beat only been beaten two times this season but for them, the thing that's stopping them running away with the league at the moment is those seven draws. And, and you look down at Aston Villa, you know, six draws as well, seven wins and five defeats. So there seem to be a team that, you know, wins one, draws one, loses one. So if I was to go for a score here, I'm going to sit on the fence and go that this will be a, a nil-nil or a one uh, a one-all. Yeah, this one is so tough to call. Like I say, it was, it was difficult to predict. You could see see it going anyway, really, couldn't you? I know that, obviously, uh, Middlesbrough probably be slight favourites. They've only lost um, two games all season, and they've only conceded three goals at home. However, you know, Villa have picked up since, obviously, Dean Smith's uh, in charge now there, and they have won three games in a row. Um, so I'm going to say exactly the, com- uh, the the same as you there, James, and I'm going to predict a 1-1 in, in that game. But it has also got the potential to 
the game of the day also, uh, which will obviously be broadcast live uh, on TV. Uh, but unfortunately, James, uh, with that, we're out of time. If you would like to tell our listeners uh, where they can find you, now would be a good time. Yeah, as I mentioned at the start, you can find me on Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers, mainly write about Preston North End and a little bit of German football as well. Maybe uh, Borussia Dortmund and Fortuna Dusseldorf sort of as the, the two main ones. So definitely give me a follow if you're interested in, in any of that. And I've been your host at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter. Remember to follow the show at Championship Pod also, where you, uh, we post each show basically onto our pin tweet, so you can check that out. Uh, also, please subscribe, like, and retweet the show. Uh, we want to thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next time. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.